out this evening. Thank you for being here in the house of the Lord. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer and see what the Lord has for us. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house to worship and to praise you this evening. Lord, we pray that, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts as only you can. Lord, we pray that you would have your perfect will done in our lives, Lord. Pray that, uh, Lord, that everything that's said and done will bring honor and glory to your holy name. Thank you again for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and turn over, yes, 345. 345. Christ and follow the path he's given us and strive to please him each day.
back to your seat. I'm going to have my family come up here and we're going to learn a new song. John chapter 3 and verse 16 is going to be our song. Come on girls. Yeah. I put them on the spot. They love being examples. We sing it all the time. Okay, just follow our lead, alright? And then we're going to sing it through one time and then you join us, alright? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God so
You learned, you learned John 3.16. How many knew that verse already? All right, good. Now we just put a song to it and put some... Uh, a uh, little rhythm to it, I guess you'd say. I don't know the technical words, but anyways, and that help you remember uh, scriptures, and that's what we're trying to do on these Sunday evening, evenings is remember scriptures. Last month, if you remembered, it was Ephesians, no, which one? First John 4, 7, and 8, and uh, easy for me to remember. Uh, but anyways, I do appreciate you being here this evening. Uh, it's been a wonderful day already, hasn't it? I mean, God has been so good to us. We've seen three baptized this uh, morning and then one uh, salvation this morning, and he's going to get baptized tonight. So uh, we praise the Lord for what he's doing. Amen. And we're excited about that. I've been praying about what to bring tonight, and I guess one of the most difficult things to overcome uh, as Christians is temptation. Anybody ever been tempted? Uh, yeah, we've all been tempted, right? Uh, being tempted to do wrong. We're all tempted. It, it seems everywhere you go, everywhere you look, you're tempted on every side. Every day we're faced with temptations that are thrown at us by sin, by Satan, and by self, really. And if I asked you, what is that sin that seems to always get you? It wouldn't take you very long to think about that sin, that sin that so easily besets us. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 1, it says, Wherefore, seeing we are also uh, are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So we see that sin is a... Uh, it, it besets us. There's temptations there. Each one of us has had our own problem areas in our lives. I was talking to a family this last week, and they said, you know, there were some areas that they uh, that they uh, had some problems with before, and now the Lord's given them victory and things like that. And we praise the Lord for that. But uh, the Bible says, "For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God." We've all sinned. We've all come short. Sometimes, even after multiple times of of uh, commitments and attempts to do right, we still do wrong. Anybody else ever face that? Sure. Here, the Bible says this. Paul, one of the best Christians, if you will, in the New Testament, says this. He says those things, I'm paraphrasing. He says, those things that I know I should do, I don't do those things. Those things that I know I, I shouldn't do, those are the things that I do. And he goes on to say, oh, wretched man that I am. And that's how we are. That's where we find ourselves today. And uh, we preached this morning not taking the bait. And, uh, but what makes, what makes a mouse attracted to a mousetrap? It's that cheese, that temptation. And uh, that cheese looks so good before you. And uh, before you know it, 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 it it's got you. And what are some of the cheesy areas in our life that lure us into sin? Some may say peer pressure. Some, uh, all my friends are doing it, so why can't I? It, they are getting away with it. Um, sounds like it would be fun. You know, it all looks like fun. And I, uh, I like the attention, maybe. What it all boils down to is that we want to please self more than we want to please the Lord. And because we are living in a self-centered society. I mean, it's all about me. You know, what can I get out of this? Let me say 
that temptation is not sin. Temptation is not sin. It's falling, given into that temptation that is sin. And the Bible says this in James 1.14, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away from his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Satan has been at this for a long time. And Satan wants, to, wants us to fail. He wants us to mess up our testimonies. He wants to destroy us. He does not want us to serve and please God. And temptation is not a new weapon in Satan's arsenal. It's not something new. It's been around since Adam and Eve. And we talked about that a little bit this morning. He caused Samson to fall because of temptation. He caused David to fall because of temptation. You see, you go through uh, uh, David with Bathsheba. You go through the, the Bible and you'll find, you go through and you'll see probably everyone has been tempted from one time to another. In fact, Satan tried to use it on the Lord after he had, he had been fa uh, fasting 40 days in the wilderness. I'm going to ask you to turn to Matthew chapter number 4 this evening. Matthew chapter number 4. And we're going to uh, look at this portion of scripture here. The Bible says in Matthew 4 verse 1. And he began... Uh, is this right? And he began... A, uh, and he began again to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat at the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell uh, by the wayside, and and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up, and some fell on stony ground where it had uh, not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth on earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and behold, no fruit. And other, and other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased." And brought forth and thirty and sixty and some a hundred. I'm sorry, I'm reading Mark. I was wondering, this does not make sense at all. I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm trying, I'm like, this is not right. Uh, just go along with it, all right? It's all good. We'll just read it all. We'll just get start through. But I was thinking, how in the world does this, how am I going to tie this with temptation? Yeah, I guess it does have temptation. All right. Uh, Matthew chapter number 4, not Mark 4. Uh, the Bible says, Then was Jesus led up of the uh, Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungered. And when he, the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. 
Then the devil taketh him up into a holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angel charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And said unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered. Unto him. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, I thank you for uh, just, uh, Lord, for all that you do. Lord, I ask tonight as we uh, break open your word tonight, Lord, that you would give us uh, clarity of thought and mind and heart, Lord, that you would speak to us, give us exactly what we need to hear tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. How can we get the victory over temptation? How can we get this? Uh, I mean, we're all tempted in our lives. Knowing that God has broken sin's power over us to control us, what are some of the areas, some ways that I can protect myself uh, from disappointing my Savior? In our gospel reading this evening there in Matthew 4, not Mark 4, but immediately Jesus is confronted by Satan and three major temptations. And he's confronted with these, this basic question, Hey, will you take the reward without the risk? I'm going to give you this. Will you take it without the risk? Basically, Satan is trying to tempt Jesus to take it the easy way, the, the easy way out. Or maybe take a more convenient route. Just as Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness, we are tempted today. And I see that Satan tempted Jesus to turn uh, the stones into bread. Satan knew that Jesus was hungry. He had been fasting 40 days, and, and uh, he, he thought this would be easy. Hey, this would be easy. He's hungry. Surely he will want to eat something. Then Jesus said, It is written, thou shall, uh, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then Satan, in a sneaky way, tried to entice him and get Jesus to worship him. Satan says, told the Lord, he said, uh, to him, he said, I'll give you everything that you see. And again, uh, the Lord says, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And then Satan tried again, get him to jump off the pinnacle and say, Hey, listen, hey, all you have to do is uh, jump down and, and prove that you're the Son of God. So Jesus again says, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. These are the basic temptations that Jesus was tempted with. And uh, the Bible says this in 1 John 2.16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but it's of the world. Can I tell you, these are the same temptations that face us today, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. These are the same temptations. And, I, and I, I want to propose to you this evening that this is the same thing that happens to us if we would just categorize, if we would, uh, the temptations that we face. It would fall into these categories. The Bible says this 
In 1 Corinthians 10.13, There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. I want to preach a message that I've entitled, Taking the Easy Road. Taking the Easy Road. And I want to break these temptations down for just a little while and show us how we can overcome temptation and use Christ as our example. Number one, I want you to notice his first temptation was a temptation of convenience. Look there in verse 3. It says, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Uh, We're living in a day of convenience. We are spoiled as Americans, I can tell you that much right now. If we want something, it's at our fingertips. Just the other day, my wife ordered something on uh, uh, the internet. The next day, it was waiting for me on the porch. That's how, that's how convenient things are today. Hey, if you're hungry, just go to a fast food restaurant. Most of the time, you can get it within minutes. I mean, everything is at our fingertips today. And it's not always bad. It's nice to have easy access to some things. I was wanting, I tell, I'll be honest with you, she ordered a game for me, okay? It's a, a family game that we play, and, and someone lost our, we had the game before, someone lost it, and I'm blaming on my daughters. <laughs> but someone lost it. And, uh, and so I'm like, what are we going to do? We're going on vacation next week. I've got to have this game. And she's like, don't worry, I already ordered it. And before you know it, there's, there it is. It's on our doorstep. You see, sometimes it's, it's not always bad having the easy road and having the easy things, but sometimes it's just easier to do wrong. You ever notice that? You know, it's not easy to read your Bible. It's not easy to come to church. It's not easy to witness. It's not easy to be faithful. Let's face it. Let's face it. It's not always easy serving the Lord. See, Jesus was tempted to take the easy road to turn the stones into bread. Do you think, does anyone in here doubt that Jesus could have done that? Anyone? Could Jesus have done that? Sure he could have. Absolutely he could have. But he was tempted to do something that was wrong. And Jesus backed it up and he says, man should not live by bread alone. See, I believe that Satan is tempting Christians to take the easy way today. He's taking the easy road, the road of convenience in their Christianity. I'll tell you, it's easier to not have any standards or convictions. I'll just be honest with you. It's easier just to live like the devil. It's easier. It's a a more convenient way. Since the Garden of Eden, Satan has tempted people with conveniences. He used the serpent to tempt Eve in partaking of the fruit of the tree that God commanded Adam not to eat of. He told Eve, he said, that, uh, that she would be as gods, knowing good and evil. Hey, this is a easy, this is convenient. Hey, I don't have to go through anymore. I can just take the easy road. She saw that it was good to the eyes. She saw that it was, uh, it was okay to eat here. And, and the one to make her wise, it would be easier for her just to take of that tree. You see, it doesn't matter if the fruit of that tree is deadly. It's easier. It's easier. As long as it looks good and tastes good, it's easier. It's closer. See, he also used the temptation of convenience with the children of Israel. 
The children of Israel were tempted just to go back into Egypt and go back and serve uh, there at Egypt and eating the garlic and the leeks and, and the onions and all that stuff and that wonderful food there. And, and they were tempted to do that. Why? Because it was easier back home just to sit at home and relax. They didn't know what, uh, what lied ahead. And you know what? It took faith. It took faith for them to, to proceed. You know what? It was convenient. It would have been more convenient for them to stay back because faith sometimes isn't easy. It's not always convenient to have faith. You see, they tried to convince Moses to turn back. The road was too rough for them. They had to have faith. Faith's not easy. Moses stood up to them and told them that with this temptation, God will give them a way to escape. God provided manna. We know the story. He provided water. He gave them quail to eat. Sometimes it's a hard road to travel, but it's a necessary road. See, it's sad to say that there are some people that are tempted by the same conveniences today. One will go to another church. Why? Because it's closer. It's closer. It's more convenient to go such and such church because it's right by my house. I know some people in here that drive past many churches just to come here. You see, I know that they, uh, they, they believe that you have to work your way for salvation, work for salvation, but man, they've got great children's programs. What's that sound like? It's a convenient thing. The Bible says, I know they teach that you have to work for your salvation, for by grace are you saved through faith, not of works. But it's so close to home, Pastor, you don't understand. I know they don't believe in eternal security. I know that, Pastor, but I'm strong enough Christian to look past that. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice and I give unto them eternal life. They have great children's programs. They have, Pastor, you would not believe the music program they have there. They, they sing, they, they really rock the house. You don't understand, Pastor, how, how much fun it is at that church. They never preach against my sin. It's more convenient. I know they don't have a missions program, Pastor, but they give back to their community. Shame on us. Why not stick with the book? It's not always convenient. I've heard of times past when the church house was full. Now it's hard to have it. It's hard to have a revival because people just don't come. It's not convenient to be at church three times a week. It's not convenient. We're just too busy with other things that we forget to take time out for God. The second temptation, this is good, isn't it? second temptation was on his character. Look there in verse 5 and 6. It says, Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Satan asked him to prove that he was the Son of God. Hey, won't you prove it to me? 
Satan already knew that he was the son of God. Jesus didn't have to prove anything to Satan. You see, Jesus again used the word of God to fight off the devil. It was within his power to do that. He could have, Jesus could have done that. He could have done it. When character's on the line, it's, easy, it's not easy to live right. Can I tell you, living right when, uh, when someone else is around, it's, it's, easy. It's, it's easier to do. But character and integrity is doing right when no one else is looking. See, no one else was there. No one else was watching over Jesus, just Satan. Sometimes we kind of, we get around our buddies and we're like, well, nobody else at the church will know if I do this or my wife won't know. My husband won't know, so, but God knows. Your character. Character's what you do when no one else is looking. Monday morning when you get up to work, are we just like the other guys? You see, it's not a good Christian character to live for Jesus half the time. See, no, God wants us to live for Him all the time. Satan will tempt you with the fact that nobody will like you. If you, hey, listen, if you put on your holy hat, Nobody's going to like you. They're going to think you're some Jesus freak or something. You know, I tell you, stand up. Stand up for, God, for the Lord. The Bible says, For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed. Can I tell you, that was a verse that, that spoke to my wife's heart before she got saved. That night, I went through the Romans road. I'm sitting there just... I had no idea where to, I mean, she, this is a person, this is a lady that every morning got up at 5.30 in the morning, read her Bible. I mean, just a good, raised in a good Christian home, done all, every, didn't, didn't cuss, never drank, never smoked, never done anything. Never chewed or hung out with women that do, they say. She never done any, I mean, she never done any of those wicked things. And I'm thinking, if there, she's not saved, is anybody saved? I mean, she had all the good works, but this verse here was what spoke to her. She said, I'm ashamed. I was ashamed of the Lord. And God saved her that night at 2.30 in the morning when I called pastor up. See, it's on our character. But then I want you to notice the third thing. His third attempt was on getting to compromise. Look there in verse 8 and 9. It says, Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Satan told him, he said, If you would just bow down, that's all you have to do. Now, we say, it's one of these questions, could the Lord done it? Well, in his physical sense, yes, he could. But in his, his uh, holiness, no, he couldn't bow down. He wouldn't do that. He wasn't going to give glory to anyone else. All he had to do was bow down and worship. Satan wants us to compromise on our beliefs. He wants us to put things in our lives that will make us compromise on our position with Christ. Jesus answered and said, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and Him only shalt thou worship. The Bible tells us this, No man can serve two masters, for he'll hold to the one 
Or, or he either will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Let me ask you, what have you compromised today? Some people are serving the almighty dollar. Some people are serving the TV. Some people, their God is their, their boat or their sports or their family or their shopping or whatever. You see, anything that takes, away, takes you away from the Lord is your God. Anything that takes you away from your Lord has become your God. See, I want you to know it's because of compromise that the churches are not seeing the power of God anymore. We've compromised. It's compromise that has, has crept in. We've, we've tempted, uh, we are tempted to compromise a, a little on our standards and our convictions. And, and before you know it, we have no standards. And before you know it, we have no convictions. That's why you see these churches that are springing up all over the places and, and it's booming. Why? Because come as you are and leave as you were. There's no, there's no conviction. There's no preaching, Bible preaching. Folks, we need the good old book preached to us. I need to know I'm a wicked heathen. I need to realize that, hey, God loves me and he, he sent his only son to die for my sins. See, we compromise on our convictions and Let's look, let's look back on Christ's temptation and see where we line up with these temptations. There's three simple questions that we need to know the answer to. Are you taking the convenient road to satisfy self or the Savior? What are you, what are you doing? Does your character help or hurt the cause of Christ? And has Satan caused you to compromise? Are you compromising your convictions to stand firm? The Bible says this, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So, pastor, we see that we all are tempted to do wrong, but how do we get past this temptation? How do we, how, how do we overcome this temptation? I'm going to share with you three quick points and we'll be finished. Number one, Christ was tempted by the devil and, be, and beat it. How was this? Number one, we need to be saved. Folks, if you're not saved, you're not going to be able to fight against the devil. You're not going to be able to fight against temptation. You're not going to be able to fight these things. Notice there in, in our scripture there, verse one, it says, And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. You know, when you get saved, you get all the Holy Ghost you're going to get. That's, hey, once you get saved, at that moment, you get all the Holy Spirit you're going to get. See, one cannot be full of the Holy Ghost if they're not saved. Romans 3.23, and how do we do that? Number one, we recognize we're sinners. For all have come short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then we realize that there's a penalty for our sin. For the wages of sin is death. Because we've sinned, we're going to die. We realize we're sinners. We recognize there's a penalty for sin. And then we, uh, we uh, rely only on Jesus to pay that sin debt for us. But God commendeth his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then we repent and call on the name of Jesus to save us. Lord, I'm, save me. Save me from my sins. But then, not only do we need to be saved, but I believe that we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. 
I said you get all the Holy Spirit you're going to get. But can I tell you, we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. If you want to fight off temptation, I'm telling you, hey, there's temptation. You turn on TV, there's temptation there. You walk down the street, there's temptation there. You turn your, your head the wrong way, there's temptation there. How am I going to avoid this temptation? You can't avoid it, but you can overcome it. See, we can overcome it, number one, by being saved. Number two, by being led by the Holy Spirit. Look there again in verse 1. It says, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit of God. Folks, you know why so many Christians are falling to temptation? Why, well, why so many Christians are, are losing their testimonies? Why this is happening? Because they're not being led by the Holy Spirit of God. They're being led by their flesh. I'm just telling you, that's the facts. We need to be saved. We need to be led by the Spirit. But then we need to walk with the Lord. We need to walk with the Lord. You say, how do I walk with the Lord, Pastor? We walk with the Lord by having a daily prayer life. A daily time in prayer. You know, some folks, I, 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 just be, I, I don't know what you do at your home. I don't know most of you outside of the church. But can I tell you that most Christians today don't have a, a prayer life? The average Christian today, they'll pray for their food... If they're in trouble, they'll pray for that trouble. But they don't actually have a time of a prayer closet where they get alone with God. Folks, I'm talking about, hey, we are, they're, the devil's real. Anybody that tells you anything different, they're lying to you. The devil's real and he's on attack. He's wanting to destroy you. And he will devour and destroy you. If number one, you're not saved. Number two, you're not being led by the Spirit. And number three, you're not walking with the Lord. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Say, how else can I walk with the Lord? Well, it's having a prayer time, but also I believe it's having a daily Bible time. I mean, I'm not talking about reading the whole Bible in its entirety uh, in one setting. I'm just talking about reading a few verses. We... Uh, we got a, kind of away from our family devotions at, at the house there for a while. And, and I, told the, I told my wife, I said, we need to get back to our family devotions. I'm doing my devotions. I know my wife's doing her devotions, and I'm praying that my girls are doing their devotions. But I said, we need to get back to a family devotions. And that family devotion time, it's not an hour long. Sorry, I'm not that spiritual, I guess. It takes about five, ten minutes. I read a few verses, I have a, a little devotional book and read a, a story that goes along with those verses. We have a, a prayer time, I talk to the girls about their day, hey, uh, what happened today? How, how was the Lord working in your life today? I, I just share with them, it's communicating. What can I pray for you about today? Who do we need to pray for today? Can I tell you folks, your names are lifted up. Many times, oftentimes in our prayer devotion, hey, something's going on here. Maybe I can't elaborate with my family. Or maybe the girls know something that I don't know. And they'll say, hey, pray for so-and-so. Getting, it's having a prayer time, but it's having a Bible time where you get in God's Word on a daily basis. I've heard someone say, seven days without reading God's Word makes one W-E-A-K. Makes one week. 
one weak Christian. Folks, if you're not in God's word, you're going to be weak. If the only Bible that you're hearing is at the church house, folks, you're going to be weak. I'm not saying that because I'm trying to criticize you. I'm saying that because I want to encourage you to get in God's word daily. Read God's word. Get in it. You say, how else can I? By fellowshipping with the local church. We need to get in the local church and, and, and get to know each other and love each other and pray for each other and encourage one another. We want the power of God on our lives to be able to overcome temptation. But are we willing to work for it? Are we saved? Are we led? And are we walking? That's what it boils down to. Are you saved tonight? If you're not saved, today's the day of salvation. And now's the accepted time. If you're saved, are you being led by the Spirit? If you're being led by the Spirit, then you need to be walking with the Lord. And folks, I tell you, if we're doing that, I'm not saying that you're not going to be tempted. What I'm saying is that you can have victory over that temptation. Would you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for how you spoke to my heart about this. And Lord, I pray that we will apply it to our lives. Not that it would go on deaf ears, but Lord, that we would apply it to our hearts and our lives. I know that every person in this room, at times, maybe multiple times a day, are tempted. We're tempted to do wrong. We're tempted to sin. Or we're tempted on every way we look. But God, I pray that through these steps, through these things, number one, that we're saved. Number two, that we're being led. Number three, that we're walking with you. Lord, you can help us have the victory over temptation. Lord, I pray that you will help in our midst. Thank you for what you're going to do. We give you the praise and the glory, the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm going to encourage you, as God has spoke to your heart, don't take the easy road. The easy road isn't always the right road. Take the right road. Don't take the easy road. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I don't know for sure I'm saved. Pastor, pray for me. Anyone like that? Would you raise your hand? I just don't know for sure I'm saved. Anyone? Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm saved, but I'm not living for God like I should. I've taken the easy road. I taking the convenient road. I, there's some areas in my life that's just not right. Pastor, pray for me. Anyone like that? Won't you find a place at the altar and confess your sins before Him? He said He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins if we confess our sins. The altar is open. If God has spoke to you, won't you come? and turn over to 540. Spread the gospel to all lands.
All right, now turn over to 637. It's a quick course. 637. <laughs> Just keep trusting my hasn't it? Amen. Do praise the Lord for all that he's doing and uh, looking forward to what he's going to do yet more. All right. Let me give you just a few announcements. I want to remind you that our couples retreat is April the 27th and 28th. Um, my wife worked on that today trying to get all the things printed out and stuff. So looking forward to that. And then our spring revival with uh, Dr. Sanders will be April the 29th through the 2nd of May. And then Saturday, May 5th is our prayer breakfast. And then our ladies' banquet. Ladies, please come to this. It's going to be a great time. Uh, whether you're a member or non-member, bring friends to come. And I'm sure you'll be encouraged. That's May the 7th at 6.30. All right, I think that's all announcements. I'll have some men come forward. We'll take up this evening's tithes and offerings. Brother Peyton, sir, would you please ask a blessing? you to pray for us. We're heading on vacation this coming Saturday, uh, but we're leaving it in good hands. Brother Danny and Brother Greg will be preaching, and so we're looking forward to uh, hearing what the Lord has to say through them. And so you be in your place. Make sure you're here uh, for our services. All right, let's all stand. We'll close in word of prayer and uh, see, uh, see you on Wednesday night. I uh, want to just kind of put a plug in. Wednesday night we're going through the books of the Bible, going through Genesis right now. Uh, we'll be in Genesis chapter number 2. Uh, so I want to encourage you to come if you're able to, and just kind of going through the Word of God. And so I encourage you to do so. All right, Brother Greg, sir, would you close us?
Most of all, I want to thank the Lord. Dedicate your lives to you. 